1: Welcome back to another episode, another awesome episode of Untold Physio Stories, the best physio stories you will hear ever in the history of the world. Today, um, I have Dr. Andrew Rothschild with me, one of my main bloggers on the manual therapy team for themanualtherapist.com. I'm Dr. E, your host, Jason Shane, still in Hawaii, that lucky guy. So uh, Andrew is a manual therapy fellow. He's an old school manual therapy fellow. Like me, he went through a very pathoanatomical program. I'm not going to call it out, but uh, he's probably since changed his ways. And he has a story for us today. What do you have for us today, Andrew?
0: Well, I have. Um, after hearing the uh, the first episode uh, that was posted on the website uh, of this and talking about uh, failures, I figured uh, I'd have a, a good failure story for you. Thankfully, because I have, I have, I feel like I remember more of those than I do of the uh, the successes.
1: Sure. Physio Failure's podcast is the other name of this
0: podcast, <laughs> really. Well, and I, and I have one sort of on the uh, the, the pain science um, continuum because about a year or two ago, um, I was really getting in deep with uh, some of the pain science education. Um, one of the companies I had uh, I worked for when I, I lived in Memphis for a couple of years. And the first company I worked for uh, was fortunate enough; they brought in Laura M. Mosley uh, for a weekend workshop. So I was fortunate enough to attend that, and um, I had read Adrian Lowe and Louis Pintedura, Therapeutic Neuros- Neuroscience Education, along with Explain Pain by Butler and, and Mosley, and, um, and started to seek out some online um, con ed stuff. And so I was really kind of really getting into it and being exposed to it, um, and so I was really starting to employ it into my clinical practice. And was still very new at it. And I had, you know, a few early successes and was still trying to figure out how to, how to dose well, how to kind of read the room, so to speak, with the patient and kind of figure out where, you know, what help, what that sort of metaphor that uh, they could identify with. But I had uh, one patient in particular uh, that ended disastrously, um, but it kind of is one of those ones that sticks in my mind and serves as a reminder of sort of uh, what not to do that I can share uh, with other PTs and students and, um, even as a reminder for myself. But, uh, I was actually had two, um, a husband and wife from Eastern Tennessee who were spending time with me. Um, they were working on their fellowship. So I was sort of, you know, taking them through the mentoring process. And we had a patient referred to us who had, uh, ankle, fra- uh, ankle surgery. She, would essentially been run over by a car. She'd been crossing the street. And the car had not been looking when it uh, made a turn. And basically, she was very lucky as it turned out. All she had was essentially a bimalleolar fracture and had plates and screws put into her um, distal tib-fib. But uh, the previous PT who she had seen had sent along a lot of paperwork and uh, essentially amounted to the fact that she had been asked not to return to that physical therapy office uh, due to being uh, very uh, disagreeable and very disruptive. And uh, this is actually like the second time that this had happened with this individual. Um, so being as arrogant as I am, I was, like, I was like, you know, I had the attitude, well, that's not going to happen with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was reminded of uh, when Chad Cook was on the uh, your podcast with the Therapy Insiders podcast. And he had that quote of, you know, how arrogant are you that you think you're going to get everybody better? And uh, in my mind, I was like, yes, I am that arrogant. I can do that. Great, right. course, <laughs> and, the uh, of any good ex- exactly it's like, yeah, they of course they failed, I will succeed where they have failed and uh and would I'd, I'd already seen this patient and and actually, what was interesting was the um the other p t who I was mentoring made that comment is that that it was probably it was it was only a matter of time before this person was gonna blow up, and I was like, no, 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 it's not gonna happen. I've already been seeing this patient for a couple of weeks. We had a good rapport going on. It was kind of lighthearted. We were joking. You know, it was. It seemed very. You know, it seemed very, very good. And I was like, No, I don't think it's going to happen. i I feel like i We've gotten off on a good start. Good rapport going. Uh, I don't see that happening. Well, of course, that blew up in my face. <laughs> and uh, she turned out to be right. But what happened was this woman was very obsessed with the accident, her ankle, the fact that one of the the surgeon had told her that it wasn't healing well or slow to healing. And we're we're talking, she's eight to 10 weeks out of surgery at this point. Um, Our therapy was very basic. She wouldn't, she was very hypersensitive, didn't tolerate a lot of hands-on stuff. I wanted to get in there and do some stuff to work on some of the limited ankle motion she had after being in a boot for, you know, eight, eight plus weeks, but she was really hypersensitive, very apprehensive as well. But she did really well with active, you know, active exercise, a lot of walking, um, you know, just doing sort of variations on on different on different uh active things and she seemed to do very well with that and she had minimal pain her her, her walking duration uh was increasing uh her tolerance was increasing her overall pain was less she would you know transition down to a cane and transition to almost nothing um but she still had this every time you know every week she would come in and it was like she was reliving the accident again she would tell everybody the same story word for word like you know, different patients or, you know, person at the front desk, you know, she was like reliving it over and over again. And she get all emotional with it and very uh, tied up with it. And she kept on bringing in photocopies of x-rays and photocopies of photocopies of x-rays of her, of her ankle and showing, trying to show me where the fracture wasn't healing. And these are photocopies of photocopies. They're terrible. You know, you can't see, you you can't see anything. You can't tell a shadow from, what may be a, he, a healing or non-healing fracture or not.
1: I but feel like would. I would have done the same thing with this patient. I already know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. and she, she would let, spread them out on the mat table and kind of point to me where these things were. And I was trying I'm try to get her refocused on, you know, the, the pain she was having or the lack of pain she was having and how good she was doing with her walking. And if this was just a picture. This really wasn't necessarily was a good indication of, of what her status was. And, you know, this went on for weeks where it really was like, you know, a week would go by, everything was good, then she week would go by it would be the opposite. And she'd be bringing in all these pictures again, and spreading them out for me. And, you know, it got to the point where I was getting so frustrated, because I felt like we're we're just, it was almost like Groundhog Day, we're just going through this again, and again, and again. And I finally said, Look, I was like, I just I thought maybe the direct route maybe, maybe the way to go instead of just kind of being kind of tiptoe around. I said, Look, and I was just very direct and very, you know, you know insistent, like, you know, this does not matter. Th- these x-rays don't mean much. I can't tell what's going on in here. I'm not sure what the doctor told you. I said, even if it's not healing well, it's still, you're still doing well. Look how much better you're doing. I was trying to just get her refocused on that. And I, and she was trying to tell me to look at the pictures. And I said, I'm look, I'm not looking at these pictures anymore. I'm not going to look at them. They're not helpful. They're not helpful for you. And they're not helpful for your situation. I was like, I'm not going to look at them anymore. And I started picking them back up and to give back to her. She got, that's when everything went to hell. So to speak, she started, she got very upset with me for touching her pictures and picking them back up. And she thought I was going to get rid of them. I said, you know, and then, then it kind of exploded from there. And then she essentially went into the, into her persona where I could see where previous physical therapists had, uh, had, uh, talked about. And uh, it was essentially she would leave and come back at the office, leave and come back the office and complain and yell and leave the office and go back. And I, you know, I just kind of try to try to calm the situation down as much as possible. And I ended up calling her uh, the next day. Um, and she even stopped back in one more time. Um, and we talked a little bit, but it was just, you know, it, it, that whole episode lasted for you know 20, maybe almost 30 minutes. I was thankful I didn't have a patient coming in right after her, but, it was a very, you know, it it got very heated to a certain point where, you know, her voice was being raised. She was making a scene. She was very, you know, very upset. And in my mind, what I was, you know, what I trying to do was trying to help and really trying to get her to understand the point that, um, you know, trying to focus on, you know, the things, the positive things where she was overly focused on the negative and it really just ended up, you know, like, you know, with an opposite effect. And I'm, and I don't don't know what happened after that. So it's one of those situations where I remember that. And I have to remind myself that, you know, patients are in these situations. I mean, they're struggling both internally and externally. They're getting a lot of conflicting information and it's, and it's frustrating for them and upsetting to them. And they don't fully understand what's going on. They just kind of know what they feel. And they may not fully know who to trust. I mean, it makes sense they would trust the surgeon and it makes sense they would trust uh, his interpretation of what he's looking at on, a, on an x-ray. And it's difficult to, to to relate that to how they're necessarily feeling uh, with certain activities or walking. But, you know, it's, it's kind of all about meeting the patient where they're at and, you know, giving them something that you know they can kind of grasp onto in different ways that they can embrace it. Maybe... You know, I accelerated too quickly versus still needed to realize that they just, what was working before was going very slowly. Um, you know, she just needed to be almost like certain exercises. You got, you got to dose education in the same way. And I needed to keep it really slow and simple for her, even though it was taking longer and it was taking her longer to really grasp it than uh, we'd normally hope. But right. that's that's what she, that's what she needed, and she didn't need me to overreact, so to speak, in that situation because it ended up being bad for everybody involved.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I guess to put it put it uh, mildly, you waited a lot longer than I would have. I mean, yeah. <laughs> when someone comes in with scans, I'm usually like, get these things out of here. I don't want to see them, and I, I'm a lot. Well, now that I'm cash based, I I am definitely. Much nicer and more patient and more assertive, but I also um, am to the point where it is no nonsense. And since they're paying me, like I certainly don't want to waste their time. But that probably would have happened to me uh, either on the first or second visit <laughs> 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 with her. Then it happened to you, maybe you know several weeks in. So you're probably not doing too bad. And I think that probably would have happened with Butler Mosley, anyone. I mean, and you know, if you hear those guys talk they all say they've had spectacular failures with pain science education where a patient basically blew up in their face. And you know what, that, that person is probably, they're probably not ready for PT essentially. Yeah. In a way. I mean, you're only going to get so far functionally. I mean, functionally, like I will say PTs only, we're the only ones who get excited about function. Right. <laughs> right. It's true.
0: It's, it's, you know,
1: People focus on pain a lot. Pain
0: is a big thing. And, you know, function turns out to be a big thing for lots of people too. But it was, you know, and I look at and I looked at that. I was, you know, that was very internally conflicted about that for a while. I was very upset with myself, and um, you know, because I've been on a path of sort of self improvement over the past few years as well. And that that I felt like I took a step back with that uh, to a certain degree. But at the same point, I also, you know, I reflect exactly what you just said is that you know anybody who's been successful at anything in life has had spectacular failures. And you see a lot of those quotes all over the place that basically the road to success is paved with you know failure, essentially. Exactly. So, so I look at that as is, and that it ended up being an overall a very positive thing because I haven't had a situation like that since then. It's been a, it's been probably a good year and a half. Um, and it's been, it's most situations that I've had with, you know, pain education, not everything goes really smoothly, but it's definitely has not gotten to that point where it's been, um, there's there's a lot of situations where you you can tell where the patient is just not ready to receive that information, so to speak, or embrace that information, but it's, we're able to work on it in a different way.
1: I mean, some of them may never be ready to hear it. And, um, that's just all a matter of, you know, feeling the waters, like you said, so yeah, that was a great story, and you know, I, I d- definitely think that I would have failed a lot worse. I would crash <laughs> and burn a lot worse than you did. And, uh, um, even at this point in my career, I mean, that's only happened to me maybe three times in my career. But it's three times I can remember every single story, and I've only shared—I don't even know if I've even shared one of them yet on, on um, this podcast. And we're we're almost uh, twenty-four episodes in at this point. So got, someone's got to turn the mic around and interview you. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, a lot, of the, a lot of the stories are just Jason and I chatting, but we like to have guests on too. So thanks so much for coming on. Um, we'll definitely have you back for, for another story. And, you know, we love the failures. Um, very few people tell successes. I've even told a success one here, and I've, I've, it was a success with a huge failure attached to it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's the whole point of it. So uh, where can we find you um, in social media? Um, I'm on Twitter
0: at uh, A Rothschild PT. Um, you can find me blogging for you on uh, manualtherapist.com. I'm also on, um, Instagram also at a Rothschild PT. I also, uh, I run the Instagram and Facebook for, uh, my clinic, which is VCSST underscore PT on, uh, Instagram and at VCSST on Twitter.
1: All right, great. Those will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to Untold Physio Stories. I'm your host, Dr. E, with TheManualTherapist.com, ModernManualTherapy.com, EdgeMobilitySystem.com, and thanks to UpDocMedia.com for hosting us. Uh, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Keep the comments coming. We really appreciate them, and have a great day.